Hey, hey, friends, welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about what it means to be Mary in a Martha world. You know, we get so caught up with all the to-do lists in our life, the things we have to do, we think we have to do, (laughs) but Jesus is constantly beckoning us to stop and spend time with Him. You know, I've said this many times before, God will do whatever it takes to get our attention while the enemy tries his best to keep us distracted. And if you're like me and you're left to your own devices, you will stay distracted until it's midnight and you're dead tired. I'm telling you, friends, the struggle, it's real. A few years ago, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me when I was reading in Luke the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus and his disciples came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. But Martha had a sister, Mary, who all she wanted to do was sit undistracted at the feet of Jesus and just take it all in and just glean from him. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and snitched on her sister and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Me having five sisters, I can tell you this is a true story. (laughs) So Martha came to Jesus to complain, tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but indeed only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Let me say that again. Only one thing is needed. You know, I can relate to Martha. You know, if you're like me, you have trouble staying still. I can put my hands to something all day long. Even though I have the Holy Spirit craving, tugging at my heartstrings, oftentimes the distractions win. But as I was meditating on the story of Mary and Martha, the Holy Spirit grabbed my attention, saying, do the better thing. You see, Martha was frantic when Jesus came to visit, anxiously getting her house in order, cooking and cleaning, striving for perfection. Mary, her sister, however, just wanted to be with Jesus and sit at his feet. So Martha goes and complains to Jesus, hoping that he would help her out. But instead, Jesus tells her, you are worried and upset by so many things, but there's only one thing that is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. But what about the meal, the tasks, the calendar, the schedule? He repeats, only one thing is needed. Friends, I don't know about you, but I need this to be my daily reminder, you know, that only one thing is needed, and it's the better thing. You know, serving others is actually Christ-like. God loves when we serve others. In fact, I have the gift of hospitality. I love to serve, and I love to host. So Jesus is not saying that doing a task and doing a good work is wrong. In fact, that can be a very loving thing to do, right? But when we get so caught up that we have an attitude about what we're doing and we're consumed with a task, then that's where we go wrong. The real issue with Martha was not that she was serving Jesus and she was trying to get the food ready and get her house ready. That wasn't the issue. The issue is when she saw her sister Mary worshiping Jesus and doing the sweetest thing, it irritated and upset her. And she went and complained about her sister when really she cared more about what she was doing and the task than the relationship. And her heart was not in the right place. So if you prefer the task over the relationship, that's when we need to have a heart check. You see, Martha was full of worry, anxiety, and stress, all the things that Jesus tells us to get rid of. But Mary had her heart in the right place as she was full of peace. 
There are also other things that can distract us and take his place in our lives and keep us from that better thing. Just recently, I was reading in Deuteronomy, there you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which you cannot see or hear or eat or smell. But if you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. We might not have man-made gods of wood and stone, but as I was reading this, the Holy Spirit said, technology is the God of our era. What we have is man-made gods of glass and metal. The man-made gods of our day and age are technology. So it might not be the man-made gods of wood and stone like the days of the Bible, but they can be just as destructive. You see, friends, we need to be careful of sweet-talking idols. You see, I call them sweet-talking idols because they might look harmless, but they're just as destructive. They're not necessarily sinful, maybe wrong things to do, but they can be keeping us from God's better. For example, our addictions to social media, TV, money, shopping, and relationships, and even our desires can very easily become idols in our life. So it's important to recognize that idols can be good things, but we have made them ultimate things. You might be asking yourself, how do I recognize if there's idols in my life? The answer to that is anything that consumes us. Anything we look to for greater fulfillment than God. Anything that takes the rightful place of God at the center of our lives. And how do we get rid of them? Glad you asked. We ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any idols of our heart and be sensitive to His prompting as you read His Word. As the Spirit reveals things, acknowledge them, humble yourself before God, and confess and surrender everything to Jesus by repenting. Well, friends, staying in denial will keep you stuck, but recognizing that there's change that needs to be done will lead you to a life of freedom. Just recently, while spending some time with a loved one that I haven't seen in quite some time, they were on their phone, just addicted to their phone, and it was hard to even get their attention. I kept on calling their name over and over, but they couldn't even look up from the screen for a conversation. Or the many times that I've been at a restaurant and I see a couple sitting in a booth and they're just sucked into their phone, you know, they don't even look at each other. They're not having any conversation. It's like, why do you guys even come out? You know, you can stay at home and save some money. It's just a harsh reality of the day and age that we live in. And this is no judgment because we can all be those people. If we don't have self-control, we have to be very intentional and have boundaries. I did some research on smartphone and internet addiction, and did you know that it's actually a thing? It's called nomophobia, which is the fear of being without a mobile phone. Yes, it's a real thing. Nomophobia. Far too many people have nomophobia, wouldn't you say? Do you know how often you use your smartphone? I didn't until I discovered Apple's new feature about screen time, which tracks your usage. And the scariest part about smartphone addiction is that it can affect our physical and mental health, our relationships, and our productivity. And America's obsession with smartphones has even been compared to the obesity epidemic. That's because just like drug or gambling addictions, smartphones provide an escape from reality. Humans are by nature prone to distraction. I know I am. With smartphones, we literally have a world of distractions at our fingertips. It's time to acknowledge that our devices can have a negative impact on our lives. 
So yeah, we need to be very intentional and put our phones down. Cell phones used to just be communication tools, you know, so you can call somebody. But now they're the GPS, the cameras, gaming, health trackers, and the list goes on. We turn to our devices for everything. From waiting in line at the grocery store or reading the news to filing our taxes or controlling the thermostat. We don't just use our smartphones for everything. We rely on them. I know when my phone dies and I need to get somewhere I haven't been and my GPS isn't available, I get frantic. There's been times where I've had to pull over to the side of the road to charge my phone because I don't know where I'm at. These are just some crazy facts and realizations that our phones have way too much power over our lives. I recently read, the brain on the smartphone is the same as the brain on cocaine. Yes, these are facts. And we can get an instant high every time our screen lights up with a new notification. It's all thanks to dopamine, the feel-good chemical that gets released every time you do something you enjoy, like eating your favorite meal or getting 100 likes on your latest Instagram post. Dopamine reinforces and motivates behavior that makes us feel good, and in turn, it can create addiction. And at the same time, having access to a constant flow of information has all but destroyed attention spans. A few years ago, a large study proved that goldfish can focus longer than we can. (laughs) You know, that's sad. You know, this increase in ad-like symptoms has been linked to the overuse of smartphones. The effects of smartphone addiction don't stop there. Our overuse of technology has completely transformed how we communicate and interact with other people. Instead of getting real FaceTime with the people in our lives, we often hide behind a screen. While technology, you know, it can be a useful tool for keeping us connected. And even for me, you know, I use social media on my phone all the time for ministry. You know, I get to reach out to people, give them a good word, preach the gospel, encourage others. And that's because of a smartphone. But we have to be careful with when and how and how much we use it. Smartphone or internet addiction can also negatively impact our lives by increasing loneliness and depression, fueling anxiety, increasing stress, and it can overwhelm the brain and make it impossible to focus attention on any one thing for more than a few minutes without feeling compelled to move on to something else. You know, God just recently shook me and got my attention and made a point on this. There was an issue with my new phone, and Apple told me, because of COVID, you can't just take it to a store and get a new phone. You'll have to send it to us. And they promised me that I would get a new one overnight. But instead, I had no phone. Yes, I'm saying no phone. (laughs) No phone, you heard me right, for five days. Do you think that that's impossible? That you cannot survive without a cell phone for five days? Well, I survived and I'm living proof that it's possible. When they said they would overnight my phone to me and I did not receive it the next day, I was upset. I waited on hold for a supervisor for hours and they had every excuse, but pretty much there was nothing they could do. Then a couple days later, I got an email that my phone shipped and I wouldn't get it until the following Monday, five days without a phone. As I sat down, I was frustrated, but I was also reminded that everything that happens to me, God allows it for a very intentional reason. There must be some reason for this. And that's when the Holy Spirit really grabbed my attention. 
He said, I did this. I did this to get your undivided attention. I felt his presence so strong as I realized that my phone had been an addiction, an idol, a constant distraction. So I had to make it right. I repented and I felt his sweet presence draw me in. And there's nothing like God removing something from our lives to show us the real hold it has on us. And let's be honest, if you had no phone for five days, would you be okay? I don't know anyone that would be, but we should be. Why have we made connecting with Jesus optional, but disconnecting from our phone isn't? I tell you, friends, God is shaking up his people in an extreme way in this time and in this season. He's trying to get our undivided attention. And even though I use my phone mainly to minister to others, it still should not take the place of silence and waiting on him. You know, Jesus really wants us to be merry in a Martha world. Not saying that the task is bad. You can even be busy doing tasks for the name of Jesus, for the gospel's sake. But still, nothing should take the place with unplugging, undistracted, and spending time in His sweet presence and gleaning from Him and allowing Him to speak to us, to fill us up, and to make all things new in our lives. I know stopping what you're doing and shutting it all down can be such a challenge, especially if you're in a season where you're a new mom, maybe you started a new job, a new marriage, where you've had a significant life change and you're in a very busy season. But that's when we might have to get more creative with our time and choose when to say yes and when to say no. It really comes down to we do what we want to do. You know, people like to say they don't have time for things. They can't even get back to you sometimes because they say they don't have time. But really, if we're honest with ourselves, we always seem to make time for things that really matter to us. I remember a few years ago, I went to a church that I didn't know, and I was just a guest for the night. And this African girl came up to me. I'd never met her in my life, never saw her before. And she looked at me, and she just spoke this beautiful word from God over my life. And I just remember that it was so powerful, and I have it all written down. But the thing that really stuck out to me is she said that God is always trying to speak to you. He has fresh words all the time. He has so much to tell you, but you're too busy. You need to stop being busy so you can spend time with him. And then she even came back about an hour later and she said, God really wants you to know that he has so much to say to you, but you're too busy. I really felt convicted in that moment. And ever since then, it's a daily choice that I make to unplug put my phone in the other room, and spend undivided attention with him. And there are times that I still get it wrong. I have to push back all distractions, and I pray for his quick conviction because I don't want to be the Martha that stays so busy and fills my calendar or is addicted to technology and spends time building my relationships with others but neglecting him. He's really after our whole heart and our devotion a sweet, intimate relationship with us. And the more you fall in love with him, the more you crave his attention. You crave time with him. He becomes your dopamine. (laughs) He's your addiction. He becomes your obsession and nothing else will do. So I pray that we have a hunger that is never satisfied and a thirst that is never quenched. You know, when it's all said and done and I come to the end of my life, I don't want to be known as a talented photographer or a businesswoman. I want to be known for what is eternal. 
The only thing that we do that's going to be eternal is the kingdom business that God wants us to do. And in order to do those things, we have to hear clearly from him. We have to be filled in so we could pour out. We have to spend time with him in order to look like him. I understand, friends, that we have to be very intentional in order to put those distractions down. You know, we must constantly remind ourselves that the enemy is subtle, and he will fill our lives with task after task until we convince ourselves that we're too tired or we don't have time to sit at Jesus' feet. You know, we have to press in. We have to be intentional and carve out that necessary time daily to meditate on his word and stay quiet long enough to hear his voice. He really does take care of all life's details if we seek him first. You know, in Matthew, it says, Seek me first in my kingdom, and all these other things will be added to you. I can tell you story after story of times that instead of doing the task, I chose to unplug and spend time with Jesus. And all of a sudden, whatever it was that I thought I needed to do that I thought was urgent, (laughs) you know, he actually took care of it. For example, thinking I need to send out an important email or make an important call, and that person would actually call me before I called them. I can give you example after example of this, but really he does take care of those that seek him first, that crave him and desire him above all other things. Don't get me wrong, tasks are important, you know, especially when he specifically calls us to do that good work. Be quick to obey. But if we're honest with ourselves, we spend far too much time on things that can wait. And being what our world so desperately needs only comes when we spend time being filled with His transforming love. Our strength only comes when we plant His Word in our hearts. Well, friends, this wraps up today's message. I know this was kind of tough love, but remember, it's all for your good and for His glory. Let's pray and ask for God's help today. First, Lord, we come to you with a thankful heart. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your peace and your protection and your provision and your character, your unconditional love for us, your unchanging character, Lord. Thank you. We are forever grateful. We repent for allowing those sweet-talking idols to take place and take root in our hearts, to take up time that belongs to you, anything that has hindered us from drawing close to you, anything that has not pleased you, Lord God, break off every sweet-talking idol in our lives. Search our hearts and convict us of any wrong. Quickly convict me, Lord God, when I'm spending too much time on tasks, too much time on social media, too much time on my phone or any other technology, too much time with other relationships, Lord God. Whatever it is that we need to get rid of or where we need to have boundaries, speak those things now to us in this moment. Give me a sensitivity to your voice and your sweet conviction. Take your right place in our hearts, Lord God, that you alone would be our addiction and our desire above all. Purify our hearts and make all things right. Fill every void in our lives, Lord God. You are that best friend. You are that husband. You are that partner that we need, Lord God. You are the perfect father. I break off any anxiety, any fear, any stresses, any unrest, anything that is not of you, Lord God. I pray that you heal our minds, our hearts, and our souls. No one and no thing will ever be able to satisfy us or love us or complete us like you, Lord God. Thank you for who you are. Amen. 
Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Bye.